Hello and welcome to the podcast English for Life in the UK. This podcast is mainly for people who want to improve their English and at the same time learn more about life in this country. This is the second of two special episodes where we have been looking at the experience of asylum seekers and refugees and the support that is available to them. Those of us that record this podcast are volunteers at the St Augustine Centre, a charity that supports refugees and asylum seekers and others in need. It may be that this episode will be of interest also to those people who just want to know more about our work. Our charity is entirely funded by donations and grants that we apply for and are usually short term. So if any of you listening are in a position where you would be able to support our work, we would be most grateful for some donations. And there is information at the end of this podcast about how to do that through our website. In our last episode, we were talking about asylum seekers and refugees. And we talked about the process of seeking asylum in this country. And we heard the voices of some of those who have experienced this. Today's episode follows on from this and looks at the local support available. In particular, we will look at the work of our independent charity, the St Augustine Centre, here in Halifax, Yorkshire. I started by interviewing the Reverend John Hellowell, who has been the chair of the board that runs this charity for a number of years now. He's told me a bit about the history of the centre. Later, we will hear from the centre director and again the voices of some of our asylum seekers and refugees and their experience of the support that they have received. I'm delighted to say we've got with, with us uh, the Reverend John Hellowell again. Hello, John. Hello. It's good to be with you again. And uh, John, you're going to tell us a little bit about the history of the St. Augustine Centre. The centre was founded just over 50 years ago. Um, it began um, as a parent and toddler uh, group for the local area, um, but that very quickly expanded to providing uh, basic skills uh, for local families um, and some holiday uh, provision 
for families that otherwise would never have had holidays. Um, it also included some uh, holiday play schemes for different ages of children. Um, and it, that continued for a number of years, uh, gradually taking over the whole of uh, what we now call the family centre, um, the original vicarage for the church. Um, and then in 2001, um, the first asylum seeker uh, walked through the doors. Um, we're never quite sure uh, how they came to find the uh, family centre as it was then. Um, but they did do, and um, as was uh, fitting for the ethos of the centre, we welcomed them and tried to do what we could for them. Um, the founder, uh, Denise Keenan, was was still there um, as the centre leader at that time, and um, she welcomed uh, that particular individual and tried to help them and just befriend them. And um, But very quickly... After that first person, um, we discovered more and more uh, asylum seekers coming to the centre because we were the only place in the area, really, that um, offered any kind of uh, help or support. And that's a variety of things, helping them find solicitors, but helping them with basic needs like food provision and a friendly face, really, as much as anything. Um and as that grew and grew, um, so the focus on working with asylum seekers and refugees grew. In uh, 2009, we became an independent charity um, for several reasons. Um, one was uh, it allowed us to apply for sources of funding um, that were denied religious organisations. Um, so it, it gave us access to wider uh, help. It also made the point that the work didn't just belong to St Augustine's Church, um, but uh, the work was so important that that it uh, it belonged to the people of Halifax and Calderdale, indeed, and and beyond. Um, so the centre was always open to to all faiths and no faith, but becoming a, a separate charity that deliberately chose not to have um, any religious objectives in its in its uh, fundamental objectives was to make that point that here was somewhere for anybody and everybody whatever their beliefs or faith or um, or viewpoints um, I think it's really important that we continue to treat the people who come as individuals because they're all unique they aren't asylum seekers they are people first and foremost who happen to be seeking asylum and treating them as individuals uh, and as the human being that they are is the core of St Augustine's and uh, we will continue to do that. Then I spoke to Sarah, who is our centre director, and I asked her about the range of services we provide and also our plans and hopes for the future. 
joined now by Sarah, who is the centre director. So she runs the centre on a day-to-day -day basis for us. Um, Sarah, tell us a bit about the centre today. We've heard from John about the, the history of the centre. What is it that we're trying to achieve in the work that we do? Yeah, hello. Um, I guess what we're really trying to do is ensure that anybody who comes to Calderdale who is seeking sanctuary um, can find us and get involved in all sorts of different activities. And what we want to do is support that community of people seeking asylum and refugees. And it's about 650 people uh, in our community living very close to the centre in Halifax and some people living outside. And we offer a range of different services. We um, give people welfare support. So that's issues around housing or health or employment or education. And we also provide specialist immigration advice. And then the other side of what we do is, is more kind of living well uh, activities. So that might be creative activities, sports, we have a welcome cafe, which is really at the heart of what we do. At the moment, that food is takeaway. But um, when things are safer, we often have 60 to 70 people coming for a free hot meal every lunchtime cooked by members of our community. We have in the cellar, we've turned the cellar into like a charity shop so people can come and get clothes, donated clothes and shoes and bedding and household goods. Um, we, we organise trips, so we take people often to the beach. We haven't been able to do that as much as we like, obviously, over the last year, but we have plans for all sorts of things this summer. And what's really important to us is that people in our community, they're very keen to contribute to how we run. So we have 120 volunteers and about 40 to 50 of those are also our centre members. So they do things like they cook food, they garden, they do DIY, they teach English. Obviously, English is, a I haven't mentioned that, but a huge part of what we do. We have 80 to 90 students a week learning English with us. So it's, it's really important that our community of volunteers, staff and centre members are all making St Augustine's Centre work together. Say a bit more about what we mean by centre members, because that might not be obvious to listeners. So when I use the term centre members, I mean members of the community who we support. So that is people seeking sanctuary, people seeking asylum uh, or people with refugee and leave to remain status. And, and we we used to call um, people like that centre users. And actually we felt it wasn't right, so we recently changed it to centre members because it's like a kind of, we're a community together and we're members of that community. That's great. Tell me a bit more about the kind of um, welcome part of what we do. So, you know, people have arrived. In fact, we'll hear the voices of some of those people later in the podcast who arrive in Halifax not knowing anybody, um, often with fairly limited levels of English. What, what's the, the welcome part of what we do? The welcome is so important because obviously a number of people arrive to a new place that they haven't necessarily chose to live in. You know, where's Halifax? Um, often without many belongings, often not being able to speak much English. 
And so they can come to us and say hello and we will um, arrange to have a good sit down and a chat with them and if necessary, arrange an interpreter. And we'll talk to them about what their needs are, make sure their housing is okay, register them with a doctor. If they have children, we'll help them find the right school or a nursery. We'll invite them to come and eat with us or to go into our, our free shop and, and choose possessions if they need that or if they need bedding. And then what we'll do is work with them to say, okay, what are your interests? What would you like to do? We've got gardening group, we've got football, we've got art classes, we can help teach you English and we'll find out also what their skills are and how they can contribute when they're ready and feeling a little bit more settled. And brilliantly, we recently, just a few months ago, um, created a new post in our staff team, Adrian, who runs our integration project. And he works with people, particularly new arrivals, um, to make sure that they can navigate their way around this new town. So he'll give them a tour of Halifax. He'll show them some of the best places to go walking. Um, he'll introduce them to others. We, we're about to start a new befriending scheme. So sometimes people can feel really quite isolated. So it's matching them up with someone else who can um, become a friend and, and show them how to do things locally and for some people that is as simple as you know what does a post box look like how do I send a letter if you've never really lived in England before you might not know how to do that and particularly in lockdown you know how how do you do those simple things like like send a letter yeah that's really helpful um what about the help with the asylum process itself we we, in our previous episode, we talked about what the process involves. Um, what's, what's, the, what's our role in supporting people with that? Well, a number of, a number of things. Um, there, we have specialist immigration advisors who are OISC trained. That means they're, they're trained and they're registered and able to provide legal advice. And so they'll work with individuals to help find a solicitor and help make claims and prepare for their home office interviews and, and just make sure they've got someone to talk to and make sure that they can give the best case they possibly can. And that work might be just over two or three months or it might stretch out for years depending on the individual. But also whilst people are living in asylum property with us while they're waiting on a decision, um, there are other asylum issues that we often need to support people with. For example, sometimes the standard of property isn't great. So we need to work with them to make sure um, they get their needs met. Um, sometimes, you know, people seeking asylum have an allowance of £39 a week. They have an Aspen card. We've had a real difficulty with that just in the last week because the government changed the provider. And when they sent the new cards out, they were sent them often to the wrong address or they weren't working so we've had 30 or 40 people just in the last week with no money at all um, so they've come to us and we've managed to to help them to to loan them some money or just give them 10 pounds to be able to buy food so I suppose we're just we're a place in Halifax that people seeking sanctuary know they can come to and that we will work hard to work alongside them to make sure they can live comfortably while they're in Calderdale and it's, it's a journey, really, from that first welcome um, right through to the point at which they may 
leave Calderdale or they may get their leave to remain and decide to stay and settle. And we've watched so many people who've come from really quite challenging situations, often with the trauma of the journey that they've been on and their own personal reasons for fleeing, be that war or persecution or, or something else. And we've seen over time those people building back their sense of identity, contributing to life in Calderdale and getting to a point where um, they're ready to, to, to sort of go off on their own and, and make their own lives on, on their own terms. Finally, Sarah, what would you say, what are the plans for the future when you look to our centre and where we're going in the next few years? What, what particularly are you excited by and want to see happen? Well, it's been really, it's a really exciting time. There's a lot of change happening uh, at St Augustine's at the moment. Um, we have new members of the team. Um, and one of the big objectives that the board and staff uh, are making sure happens is ensuring that our staff and our volunteers and our trustees, so they're the, the governing body, the board, um, are made up increasingly of people with lived experience of the asylum process. And, and we want that for obvious reasons. When you get people who have lived experience of whatever an issue is, they're going to bring intelligence and an insight that other people won't have. So just in the last couple of months, we've recruited three new members of staff who've been through the asylum system. We have a board member who has, and we're about to recruit uh, two or three new board members who've been through the system. So that's really exciting. I hope in two or three years time, we'll be able to say, you know, a number of us that are at the helm that are running this organisation have been through that system. So that's a key objective. We're also really pushing the amount of cultural, social, sports and well-being activities that we offer, both at the centre and with partners across Calderdale. We want to do more and more of that because that's about quality of life. So that's really important. We'd love to develop our premises, our buildings and our land, plans to grow more fruit and veg and make our, uh, the large building that we operate from fully accessible because it, it isn't at the moment there's a big staircase and, and no lift and and work together with the valley of sanctuary to make calderdale the most welcoming place in the uk to people seeking sanctuary that's our our overall aim you want to say anything about our campaigning role i think historically um saint augustine center has always done incredible work it's really quite a unique organisation and I feel very privileged to be involved with it. Um, but we've kind of flown under the radar, by which I mean we've been quite quiet in some ways about what we do. But immigration is such a key issue at the moment, not just for the UK, for the, for the world. You know, we have 80 uh, million displaced people. And I think that we can play a really important role in making sure stories are heard in the right places. So we've got a new role at the moment, someone called Charlotte, who's our campaigns manager. And she's working with national organizations and with our center members to, to tell stories and to be involved in campaigning and communications and make sure that we have a seat at the table to make sure that, that it's our center members' voices that are heard. If there were any listeners who wanted to 
know more about what we do and support us in some way, what, what would they be able to do? Great. We're always looking for support in a number of different ways. If you live locally, um, we have always look at, on the lookout for volunteers. Um, we've got many roles for volunteers. Obviously, we always welcome donations and you can look on our website, which is www.staugustinecenterhalifax.org.uk. Um, but if you scroll down on our website, and I have to say we're going to be launching a new one in a month's time. Um, but if you scroll down, you'll see a donate button there and you can donate really quite easily. And again, if you live locally, we take good quality secondhand donations of clothes and shoes and household goods. And there is more information about that at the end of the podcast and how to how to contact us by email as well. Well, thank you very much, Sarah. Very welcome. In the next section, you can hear the voices of some of the people who have been asylum seekers, some of whom are now refugees, and who have experienced support from the St Augustine Centre and elsewhere. They come from a range of different countries, have had different experiences of the system and the support, and their level of English also varies, partly as a result of how long they have been here. I started by asking them about their experiences of the support they have had here locally in Halifax, and particularly from the St Augustine Centre. When I arrived in Halifax, I was, uh, I was introduced to a volunteer at St. Augustine Center who helped me improve my English language skills. And as well, they helped me get a GP and find me a solicitor. And also they give me a laptop to access the online English class lesson, English lesson. And during lockdown, you know, they, uh, they take uh, look after me uh, now you sometimes they call me and they ask me uh, my you know my healthy about and then uh, and you know they provided food for all asylum seekers during the week and monday and thursday Okay, once uh, the Home Office uh, sends us uh, from London to a house in Halifax, the house manager told me to visit uh, St. Augustine's Center. Uh, I visited them and I registered there. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, they were so professional and kind. They treated me and my family with really professional way. A caseworker visited me uh, at home many times and explained to me all the necessary like GP, optician registration, and also the transportation and many other things. They were always available for help, actually. So uh, in the St. Augustine Center, they helped me. The St. Augustine Center is so helpful for every asylum seeker. So they can help asylum seeker for funders. GP 
or found solicitor any if they have a asylum seeker has any problem in, in house or with home office they can claim they can complete form they can call home office and solicitor that's that's so good because when i arrived i couldn't speak english so they helped me uh, for learning english i used class three days a week in the St. Augustine Center. So I had a, a one by one teacher for learning English, teaching English. So that was so useful, so, so useful for every asylum seeker if they want to uh, learn English. Uh, I had a very good experience with them. Uh, for example, uh, they made my process procedure easier because of their help yes uh, for example when i want to go to to the hospital they can uh, uh, they can make an appointment for me uh, also their english classes help me a lot to improve my english uh, they help uh, with clothes too and foods and i make a lot of friends there we don't know uh, nobody when we arrive here and yeah. uh, with saint augustine we can uh, we can found friends i moved here 2016 in october and I want to say Halifax has been my home that I've known. It's like I've been here for over 20 years. Reason being, uh, when I came here, I had support from the Women's Center and Jubilee Children's Center, my daughter's school where she goes now, and also the place that I had the most support of every place that I've been here is uh, St. Augustine Center whereby they gave me the opportunity to volunteer as a receptionist. So it kind of gave me a sense of belonging. They, they helped me uh, with like submission of my paperwork to my solicitors. Also, they kind of like used to call me to check if I'm okay. So yeah, so I received a lot. And again, I had the opportunity to, to be referred to college through them, so yeah. So, so far, yeah, I got so much support, even on mental health. Uh, during that time, I had counseling from Noah Zach and Solace. So, nice. yeah, so I really appreciate the support that I got. People seeking asylum and dispatching to Halifax, that initial contact is very, very crucial for people. Bear yeah. in mind, people are fleeing like trauma. So that welcoming bit is really, really, really important. As you heard in my interview with Sarah, we are very keen to give volunteering opportunities to asylum seekers and refugees. And once they become refugees, the opportunity to get a job with us. Here are some of their experiences. I have been in the DIY group that was so useful. So. And I made friends there in different country, different language. Actually, I was hoping to get a job, but yeah, finally I got a job in the in this amazing uh, organization, Saint Augustine's. Uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm really happy to work with this organization because uh, 
I like to help the asi people seeking asylum because I, I can feel them because I was one of them. So I can feel them. I can know what they need exactly, what, what's their needs. And uh, in the other way, it's like a, a way of thanking St. Augustine's about what they did for me because they did a lot, actually. Yes, I was over the moon. I'm now working as a caseworker, St. Augustine. To me, I feel so privileged because St. Augustine are employing people uh, expert by experience, which is really good. So they kind of like show about inclusion and diversity, giving people other opportunity. Where I just said before, like they gave me the opportunity to volunteer for them for years. And now I got the job with them. So it's really, really good. And finally, I asked them about their hopes for the future and what advice they'd give to others who might be going through the asylum-seeking process. And I would like to further my education. I would also like to thank British government for giving me sanctuary. I would like to say if I am granted leave to remain in this country, I would try to be a good asset to this country. My advice and my experience, just uh, try to you know, improve uh, English skills and then try to learn the, some skills and be patient okay. and be patient. What we are hearing about asylum, it's... Uh... It's, it's too much. Yeah, some people are suffering, but uh, believe me, it's worth it. After that, you will see how is the life is changed totally and how you will be feeling safe in this country without any discriminations or any bad behaviors which we faced before. Um, obviously, I'd like to find a job uh, in my skill and uh, I want to see my family. Yes. I want to have a good life, you know, safe lives. You know, in my country, my life was not safe because I'm in the UK. So I think my life in this country is safe. So I would like to have a good life and have a, uh, to have a good job. Yeah. Me, just having a stable life, uh, have a house, a good job, to be married, <laughs> yeah. and have uh, and having children, and help to uh, people who will need me. To create a good environment for my children, for, not, for them not to go through the pain I went through, and for them not to feel let down, provide for them a safe space where they can express themselves, where they're free of pain and trauma. We are finishing with some words from John, who you heard from earlier. I was thanking him for his years of service at the heart of this organisation. And typically of John, he turned it round so that he was thanking us.
although it uh, at times it's been hard work um my experience working with the center and the people uh, associated with the center is that uh the more that I give to it, the more I gain from it. So I feel uh, very blessed to have been part of part of the centre and the, the many people that I've got to know over the years. It's been a real privilege for me. That's it for this week and the end of these two special episodes. Stay listening if you want to find out how to make contact with our organisation how to find the transcript for this and all other episodes, and how you can support our work through donations or in any other way. Otherwise, we will be back again very soon with a new episode. And until then, stay safe and thank you for listening. find the transcript that's the written version of this episode on our website www.saintaugustinecenterhalifax.org.uk and that's where you can also find links to all the other episodes and the transcripts so you can listen and read along at the same time that's also where you can find out how to donate to help our work. There is a donate button on the front page of the website. Also, if you are interested in volunteering or helping in other ways, there is also a tab called Get Involved, which can help you with that. We have an email address specifically for the podcast which is English for Life in the UK at gmail.com. And there is a general email address for the charity, for the centre, which is info at saintaugustinecenterhalifax.org.uk. I'll spell out all those addresses. So the website www.staugustinecenterhalifax.org UK. So that's the website. The email is English for Life in the UK at gmail.com and that's English for spelt F O R. And the general email is info at so that's I N F O at and then the same as the website address St Augustine Centre Halifax.org.uk Thank you again. <laughs>